I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I think it's safe to say that we are all mourning the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I don't need to outline her many accomplishments or her life story, pick up any newspaper. She's the entire front page today. Watch any newscast, she's the top story. Or watch one of the movies about her on the basis of sex, which chronicles her fight to allow all men and women to be treated equally under the law. Because of her tenacity as a lawyer, her careful hewing to the law to ensure that all are treated fairly, her respected role on the Supreme Court, she became a beloved cultural icon <clears throat> with dolls and pins fashioned after her, coloring books with her various judicial robes decorated by the collars she wore. Those collars often sent a message. If she wore the spiky bejeweled collar, you knew she was going to dissent that day. Eventually, she earned the moniker Notorious RBG after the rapper Notorious B.I.G. And there was a documentary with the title Notorious RBG, The Life and Times of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Whether or not you agreed with all of her decisions, you couldn't help but admire RBG, her care for the law, her determination to see that all received justice equally, which is what we all hope for in our justice system, fair treatment, getting what we deserve. We take that for granted in our country, but before the rule of law ever found its way into uh, our society, we had might makes right. The notion that those in power get to decide what's right and wrong, who gets what. That's not what we value. We want judges to be neutral arbiters, like umpires, applying the law fairly, not putting their thumb on the scale. As Supreme Court Justice John Roberts famously said, we want judges who will call balls and strikes. We know instinctively that that is right, that's fair. Justice ensures people get what they deserve. And we know instinctively that RBG was fair. And that is why the readings for today kind of bug us. First, we have Jonah sent to preach to the Ninevites who have gone so far astray. This is the Jonah who ends up in the belly of a whale because he was trying to escape God's mandate to be a prophet to these lawless people. And why is Jonah running away? He runs because he knows that God is not going to give the Ninevites what they deserve. Instead, Jonah knows that God is merciful, slow to anger, abounding in love, of great kindness. And he finds that infuriating. After all, these enemies and sinners deserve punishment. That is justice. But Jonah knows God will spare them, which he does. And so Jonah pouts under a bush. And in our gospel today, another example of unfairness. 
A rich vineyard owner needs workers during the harvest. Out he goes into the market to hire day laborers, much as general contractors today go to the parking lot of Home Depot to pick up extra workers. These folks are willing to work, but they live on the edge, living day to day, getting a daily wage that's enough to feed their family just for a day. This landowner goes out at dawn, promises workers the usual daily wage for a 12-hour day. Later, he needs more workers, so he goes out at 9 a.m., and then he goes again at noon, and then again at 3, promising each time to pay what is right. Finally, and this is now ridiculous, the landowner goes out at 5 p.m. with only one hour left of work, and he asks the day laborers still hanging around in the parking lot why they've been idle all day. Because no one has hired us, they say. And so the landowner says, you also go into the vineyard. So far, so good, this guy seems decent, hiring as many people as possible, paying them fairly. But then he pulls a really weird trick. He tells his manager at the end of the day to call the laborers together to pay them. But start with those who arrived last, the five o'clockers. To their surprise and delight, they open their envelopes and they find payment for all 12 hours. Those who had been idle most of the day, who had worried they wouldn't be able to feed their families, are paid as if they had been hired at six in the morning. Now, you might think the other workers would be ticked off by this, but they're not because they're beginning to imagine the fat paycheck they're going to get. After all, if the guys who worked one hour got paid for a full day, maybe they'll get 12 times that, two weeks worth of pay for one day. That would be fair, right? But when they get their pay, it's the same as the five o'clockers. That's not fair, they grumble, and we grumble with them. Clearly, they worked harder, longer, they deserve more. But the landowner says, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. I'm paying you what we agreed. Can I not do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? Are you envious because I am generous? And then we grumble because we know he's right, but somehow it still doesn't seem fair. After all, if we get an A in a class where we did all the work and we studied constantly and we aced the tests and we wrote great papers and the students who skipped the lectures and turned in papers late and partied rather than studied also get an A, well, that feels awful. It's unfair. But then we hear, so the last will be first and the first will be last. And we realize we're not in the rule of law. We're not in the land of RBG anymore. Rather, we are in the KOG, the kingdom of God, where things aren't fair at all. No, in the KOG, a different ethic prevails. 
not one where might makes right, nor where equal justice prevails and everyone gets what they deserve. Those who work hard enough or are lucky enough to get work are paid. Those who only get a little work get little. Those who don't work get nothing. No, the KOG isn't about earning enough, nor is it about proving ourselves. As someone said about the kingdom of God, if we demand equality and fairness, we've made a fundamental error about God. We are not judged by what we deserve, but by God's love. We're not judged by what we deserve, but by God's love. In this broken world of ours, we absolutely need the rule of law. We need protections to ensure fairness. And yes, we need good labor laws that guarantee equality under the law. We need defenders and justices like RBG. But in the KOG, we probably should not ask for nor demand what we deserve. For that's not how the law works there. There, here, as the kingdom is breaking in, the law is the law of love where love cannot be earned or demanded, but only given. In the KOG, we don't get what we deserve. We don't face a judge in black robes handing down judgment, calling balls and strikes from the bench. Rather, we face a judge, naked on a cross, who's already paid the bill, taken on what we deserve who judges not by the rule of law, not by what we deserve, but by God's love, which is overwhelming and immense, more than anything we've done or left undone. If we are Jonah, or we are the nine AMers, certain that we are righteous, confident that we will like what we deserve, we might prefer the judge in the black robes, though that means working ourselves into a sweat day after day for the rest of our lives, weighed down by the anxiety that everything relies on us. If we want enough, we must get it for ourselves. But if we have a sneaking suspicion that we are five o'clockers, late to the party, out of laziness or just bad luck, and spoiler alert, most of us, all of us, are five o'clockers. Well, then we might just breathe a sigh of relief that we face a God who is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, of great kindness, but who, it seems, isn't exactly fair. For we get not what we deserve, but the love and grace that God freely offers. We can't earn it. We can't lose it. We can only enjoy it. Beloved, now we live in the time of the rule of law, the time of KBG, where we hope to be protected and treated equally. But the KOG, the kingdom of God, is coming, where we don't get what we deserve, thanks be to God, but we get grace freely given, manna to the hungry soul, and to the weary, rest. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.